Joy is your compass. I love it. And I don't know if you all noticed, we got a big screen back there too, so in case I forget it, it's right there. That's awesome. Well, you all look beautiful this morning. Is somebody celebrating with me? Because I'm celebrating this morning. God is so good. Every time I get up here, he gives me a good holiday, like a personal holiday. Because today is National Grandma's Day. Yes. I did not say grandparents. Sorry, grandpas, but grandmas. And I love being a Mimi. I she, my granddaughter just started that one day calling me Mimi, and I'll be like, I'll be whatever you want me to be. So I love being a Mimi to uh, Gianna. She's two and a half, and little baby Zeke is four months. Yes, so I'm celebrating. And we also have a birthday in the house that I want to celebrate. I think Pastor Marlon just went to go get her. So I will count my blessings with you as we wait uh, to celebrate a birthday. Okay, no, we won't wait because here she is. I want to celebrate her. We are celebrating Katie. Come here. Yep. You all, this beautiful, this beautiful young lady. Uh, she was in youth group when I was a youth leader here at the church at like from 12. And um, so I have, I have got to know her, know her for a long time and just have got to watch her grow as this beautiful woman that you see today, but also in her relationship with Christ. And she has blessed me beyond measure. She has blessed this church beyond measure because she has served and served where it was just her and Michaela. (laughs) And she does it with a cheerful heart because she just loves the Lord. And we love you and we appreciate and value you beyond measure. We love you. Happy birthday. You. And oh, don't forget your balloons. And those kids downstairs are going to be singing happy birthday to you. They have to sing before they get those cupcakes. No cupcakes until they sing. Counting my blessings. My, Pastor Marlon and I are intentional. We count our blessings every day, and then we share them with you. Because there is always something to be thankful for. You are, you are blessed. Um, sometimes uh, we need to be reminded of that. And I am blessed because my sister and my brother-in-law live in Florida. <laughs> they live about an hour outside of Orlando. And, man, if anywhere in the United States is cheap to fly, it's Orlando. So I am blessed that we got to go down and we went off to church on Sunday and just spent the week. And she's so good to me. She cooks every night. She just takes good care of me. And I'm so thankful that I work from home so I could just take my laptop and work. And then we just got some good study time. And picked a great week because it was not pretty here this week. We flew back into it on Friday, though. And that's another blessing. And thank you, Jesus, that our flight wasn't canceled or, or delayed. So we we're thankful to be able to just enjoy time away and remind you to please count your blessings. Amen. New year, we have a new declaration. And I really hope that's on the screen because Pastor Marlin has our new declaration and I did not write it down. But to remind you, oh, my son's back there. Hi, son. Do you have our new declaration? He's learning screens. 14 years old, that's what we do. We serve as a family. (laughs) 
declarations, just to remind you, is scripture. It's so important to memorize scripture and to make it personal. That's our old one, but I'm going to go with it because it's still valuable. You take scripture, you read it, and then you make it personal. You put yourself in scripture. And before you know it, you've not only memorized scripture, but you've declared it, and it makes your faith grow strong. Amen? Father God, I thank you that I prosper in all things and in health, even as my soul, mind, will, and emotions prosper. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your presence. Your presence is priceless. Show us your glory, Lord. Surrender this time to you, Father God. Your will be done. So grateful for your word. So grateful, Lord, that you have equipped us with your word. I pray, Lord, that you speak your truth through me today and that it blesses, that it encourages, convicts where you choose to, but that it gets deep down in our spirits, God. And that it, beco- and, and it comes out when we need it. <laughs> in Jesus' name, we love you and praise you. Amen. There's this um, show. Now, honestly, I've never watched it. It's called Family Guy. But years ago, my son, uh, my son used to watch it when he was a teenager, and he would drive me crazy by doing exactly what is in this video. God, turn it up. Real loud. Ma! Ma! Lewis! 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 Mom, 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 mommy, 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 mama, 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 ma, 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 mom, 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 mommy, mommy, mama, mama, mama. What? Hi. He used to do that to me all the time. I was like, what is wrong with you? And then he told me, he's like, no, it's from this show that I watched. But how funny is that, right? Names. If you notice, like, you know, there's all these different names for mom. You know, you may start off as a little baby saying mommy, and then you grow to mom or mother or mama, or my uh, daughter loves to call me mamacita. You know, you have all these names. And it's important. Names are important, Right? Um, It tells who you are, especially when you're being introduced to somebody. You know, like, if Pastor Marlon introduced me to someone as his old lady, that wouldn't go over well for him, right? (laughs) Jesus asked the disciples the most important question. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say I am? If I were to come to Sadie and I'd say, oh, Sadie, I noticed that you, um, you have your Bible. You know, I've heard of this Jesus, but I don't really know who he is. Who is he? Think for your, to yourself for a second. How would you answer that? Because you will have to answer it one day. Let's look at Matthew 16, 
starting with verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus, the Christ. Who do you say that I am? The the most important question that we will all have to answer. Now, looking at the text that we just read, to just give you a little bit, we'll go through what they, what they said he was, who they said he was. Going into this time that Jesus had with his disciples, we are only six months out of the crucifixion. So it would be normal for people to be talking because they have spent two and a half years with Jesus going about performing miracles and declaring the gospel. So, of course, people are going to be like, is this guy because he was a man he was flesh and blood who is this guy that does all of these things who is this guy who raises the dead he who is this guy who casts out demons who is this guy who multiplies food because all of that jesus had already done so what did they say well first they said um he he's john the baptist really didn't john the baptist baptize jesus so it can't be John the Baptist. Okay, then, then he must be, uh, he's Elijah. All right, well, they got that from a prophecy in the Old Testament of Malachi where he said, you know, Elijah's going to come back and turn the hearts of many unto the Lord. But Jesus has already told them that John the Baptist fulfilled that prophecy. Then he must be Jeremiah. Jeremiah cried all the time. <laughs> Jesus was not no weeping prophet who cried all the time. Okay, then he must be just a prophet. See, they, they were right to the extent that they saw something miraculous in him. Yeah. Right? They could, they could see that. They, they acknowledged that he had the miraculous in him. So he's got to, he was just like one of the prophets. So that came from God. But they failed to connect the dots properly. Yeah. And in doing so, they denied his true identity. And that caused judgment. Right? Because verse 20, Jesus said, oh, is that who they think I'm in? Don't tell them the truth. No, they don't get it. They won't accept it. It's just going to cause chaos. Don't tell them the truth. Because just as responding in faith to God's revelation brings more revelation. Right? When you receive the revelation of God by faith like the disciples did, he reveals more. Yeah. Ah, but when you deny the revelation of God, he withdraws. 
and you lose. Jesus said, okay, now it's your turn. Who do you say that I am? Everyone has to answer that question. You can't cheat. You know, back in the old days, come on. We all either cheated or we let somebody cheat. I cheated. You can't cheat. You, you can't look at someone else's answer and say, oh, okay, you're, yeah, you're, no. You can't just repeat what you've been told by mom, dad, or the pastor. Hmm, that's not going to work either. You can't even just memorize the Bible and say, but your word said this. Oh, that won't work either. Mm-mm. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So we already know what the right answer is because Jesus blessed him. But just knowing it wasn't enough, Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But it came from a revelation. So see, just repeating what you read, that's not going to get the blessings of Jesus from Jesus. It comes from a revelation. Look at Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth one confesses, resulting in salvation. There is your revelation. Jesus is Lord. And when you believe it in here, that God raised him from the dead, that he died on the cross for your sins to save you, to give you eternal life, that results in your salvation. Peter said you are the Christ. Other translations say the Messiah. They're the same. I mean, Savior, anointed Savior, rescuer. And Jesus wasn't just a anointed Savior. He was the Christ. He didn't call himself Jesus Christ. He was, you're the Christ. The one who has come to save us. Accepting Jesus is a one-time event. Don't get all religious on me. I'm not talking about, oh, you're once saved, always saved kind of thing. What I'm saying is God's design was accepting Jesus is a one-time event. When you accept him into your heart, when you receive him as your Lord and your Savior, you did it one time, it was a one-time event. You don't have to do it every day. You don't have to accept him into your heart. When you choose Jesus as Lord, he's your Lord. He's your Lord. It's a one-time event, but you can't stay in Savior zone. We're not meant to stay in Savior zone. We have to grow in the revelation. Grow in the revelation of who Jesus is. He is more than just a one-time event in your life. 
He's more than just that one time when you accepted him into your heart. He is more than just Savior. We have to grow in our relationship, in our revelation, and in our knowledge of him. But our relationship will go nowhere if we don't go beyond Savior. I mean, it's like having grown folks walking around with bottles. How disturbing would that be? Right? Or what about children who just won't ever grow up? Or even children who start to grow up and then regress. I love my granddaughter Gianna more than all the Starbucks in the world. (laughs) My sweet granddaughter is uh, two and a half, so she was two years old when baby Zeke was born. And she loves her baby brother. I mean, she is so sweet and gentle with him. Every morning she wants baby Zeke to come in her room, you know, and she's just so kind. She loves him to pieces. But before baby Zeke was born, Gianna was potty trained. At two years old, Gianna can have a full-blown whole conversation with you, and you will understand every word that comes out of her mouth. Gianna hadn't seen a bottle or a pacifier in at least over a year. Gianna was smart. She was independent. And then came baby Zeke. Gianna won't go on the potty no more. Gianna sat at that table and looked at me and said, Goo goo gaga, Mimi. I said, what? She said, that's baby talk. I said, you didn't even say that when you were a baby. (laughs) She wanted to be held. Like, literally, she's in the living room. Marlon is like, Pastor Marlon's like just a few feet away. She's like, pop up. (laughs) She's, She's regressed. How many know Christians like that? They, they, they were going outside of the Savior zone. They were moving outside of the playpen. Yeah. Oh, but they went right back. God's design is for us to grow and mature in all things. Yeah. Look at Colossians 128. I think it's 128, yeah. You're doing good back there, Brax. That's Kendall. Thanks, Kendall. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Jesus is more than just your Savior, and we have to move out of Savior zone and grow and mature in all things. Look at the Apostle Paul. Look at what he says to the Hebrew in in Hebrews to the church in Hebrews 5:12. He says, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be leading others. Instead, you need somebody to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. If that's not a correction, he's saying, come on, you, they have been saved for years. And he's like, you were taught. You were taught at least we know the basics of God's word. And he's like, you should be teaching others, but you need taught again. And he compared that to babies who drink milk. We can't stay in the Savior zone. We have to listen to the voice of the Father and grow immature in all things. We move out of Savior zone into the Lord zone. Mm. Some people don't like that. That's a little harder. 
But look, even Peter knew what we read in the beginning. Even Peter knew that he wasn't just the Christ. Even Peter knew he wasn't just the Messiah. And look, Jesus hadn't even died and went to the cross yet. But Peter still knew he was more than just the Savior. He said, you are the son of the living God. Oh, that brings me to my next revelation. You are the son of the living God. Jesus was a man, a human being, and he was God. He dwelt among us. He walked among us, fully man and fully God. As as a man, Jesus understands our weaknesses and our temptations. But as the holy God, he is able to deliver us and save us from them. Jesus is God. Look at John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. That means God walked among us. Can you imagine that? Like, especially for like Peter, because he truly believed, right? Like he, he believed who Jesus was. Can you imagine when that, when he first uh, had that revelation, he looked at him like, oh, you're him. You're, you're, not only are you him, but you're everything that I thought you would be. You're everything that I read about. You're everything that I've experienced. You are everything about God. Have you, have you ever met like a celebrity who was exactly who you thought they'd be? You know, like all oh, that goodness that you've seen on TV. You're like, I know he's that good. I know she's that good. This one time, <laughs> Pastor Marlon and my sister Tammy, the one from Florida, and two other couples, uh, he surprised me and took us to a dinner to Ruth Chris. Am I pronouncing that right? Oh, it's this beautiful restaurant downtown just, just a couple years ago. And I was so hungry that I'm walking up first, you know, and the waitress is taking us up the stairs. So me and my sister and everyone else was coming behind. So this is no lie. This is like word for word. So I'm going up the stairs, and I look over, and I... And I see this woman, and I, I look over at my sister. I was like, that was a really good impersonation of Patti LaBelle. And I just kept walking because all I thought was steak. And then nobody else was coming. I was like, where is everybody? I am hungry. So I had to go all the way back down the stairs looking for the rest of the family. And I look at her, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? And he's like, did you not just see Patti LaBelle? And I was like, no. It was really her. Like, she looked like... 20 years younger than I would have expected her to look like. I was like, no, I missed her on my birthday. My sweet dear husband, he goes running outside. It was my, it's summertime. And uh, she was with a couple of people, a couple of men. And he goes and he's like, excuse me, Miss Patty LaBelle, excuse me. And he's so gracious. He's like, could you, if you don't mind, please just take in a picture. It's, we're actually here because it's my wife's birthday. And she was so sweet. She said, baby, I don't mind. She goes, it's only a problem when people stop realizing who I am. She was so sweet and so lovely. She was exactly who I thought she would be. Jesus was the God-man. When he walked among us, he wasn't a force of nature. He was the creator of nature. He ate food like you and me. He got hungry. 
and he ate. He got tired, and he slept. That was his humanity. That was the man. But it was God who calmed the storm because he wanted to get some sleep. Jesus is Lord. We need to get out of Savior Zone, that, that bubble of protection, and get over to the Lord's Zone. Look at Romans 10. Reread this earlier. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. With the heart one believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth one confesses, resulting in salvation. Did you notice it does not say confess Jesus as Savior? It says you have to confess Jesus as Lord. The word Lord means master, owner, one with supreme authority. God is saying you have to confess Jesus is Lord over your life, your master, your owner, one who you give all authority to. Do you know that the word Savior is in the New Testament is referenced as his name 36 times? Do you know the word, the name Lord, not the word, the name Lord is referenced over 7,000 times? Where do you think God puts his emphasis in our life? Lordship declares his position in our lives. Savior describes what he's done for us. Lordship declares his position in our lives. Savior describes what he's done for us. I am going to brag on my husband for a moment, even though he put me, he just, he threw me under the bus two weeks ago, y'all, when he was talking about, if I came home and Pastor Michelle cooked me this amazing meal and then rolled his eyes, and by the way, you all laughed a little too long on that one. <laughs> I was like, they know me. <laughs> he went, he preached that during midweek, that same week in, in Lorraine. And, and nobody laughed. I was like, oh, no, they're scared. They don't know me. I had to start laughing so they knew it was okay. And I was like, Wycliffe knows me. I often call him a good man. Just my name for him. Because he's good to me. He, he has done things for me for our whole seven, well, married seven, been together eight years, whether, no matter what kind of uh, mood we are in, he, he does things. Like, he has always opened the car door for me to this day. I've never asked him once to do it. It's just something that he does. He will not get his food until I've gotten my food or if the kids get their food. If there's groceries to come in, he won't let me carry them in the house. I'll put them away, but no, 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 you don't carry them. Even when we're at the airport, he carries both of our backpacks. I'm like, I can carry, no, let me do this. Let me do this. And I tell him, you're, you're a good man. You're a good man. Good man describes the benefits that I receive. 
husband declares his position in my life. All the goodness and kindness in the world that he does does not give us a covenant relationship. Husband declares that position in my life. So how do we get people to enter into a covenant relationship with Jesus if we only tell them he's Savior? Lordship is his position. Savior is what he's done. We can't preach about only the work he's done and not the position that he should hold. I'll even go further. See, Jesus, my Savior, didn't heal me of cancer. Jesus, my Lord, did. Jesus, my Savior, did not deliver Pastor Marlon from addiction to alcohol. Jesus, his Lord, did. Because the scripture says when you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and believe in your heart, you are saved. That seals the covenant relationship. And the Bible says when you are in covenant with Jesus, all his promises belong to you. But he's got to be Lord. We need to do better. We need to do better at showing the world that Jesus is not just Savior. Because if they only relate to him as Savior, they will only relate to him with their sin. They will never relate to him with their victories. And we serve an almighty God, right? Promise keeper, way maker, miracle worker, sovereign, all powerful. He's more than just Savior. Jesus is Lord. You can say all day long that He is your Lord. You can say all day long that He is your Savior. But you know that if you don't believe it in your heart, if you don't have it in your spirit, and when you meet your Maker, He's going to say, I don't know you. That day comes for all of us. Have you ever, like, told your kids, even they've done something bad or mean to somebody, you said, apologize to them. And they're like, sorry. (laughs) Like, you know the person's looking at you. He didn't mean that. Like, come on, he only said it because you told him to. It's not good enough. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Saying it's not enough. So how does Jesus know that you truly believe he is your Lord? Luke 6, 46. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord when you don't do what I ask you to do? See, unlike salvation, unlike Savior being a a one-time event, Lordship is not a one-time event. That is a daily, a daily reality of being a follower of Jesus. He knows your heart. And only a a, a heart that is genuinely obedient to the Lord will will inherit eternal life. Is Jesus your Savior? If he is, then he is the Son of God and he is your Lord. And we, would, we should willingly and gladly pick up our cross and follow him. If he's not your Savior, you don't have to wait another second. 
You don't have to wait to the end of the service to ask him into your heart. You do it right now. Don't wait another second because you don't know if you have it. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I'm sorry. Uh, Please forgive me. I repent of all my wrong, all of my sins. But I trust you now. I believe in you now. You are my Lord. And from this day on, I choose to serve you. I choose to pick up my cross and follow you. So now it's safe to say everybody in here is saved. Then he is Lord. Right? If we're all saved, then he is Lord in everyone's life. Because you can't be saved without surrender. Completely surrendered to the Lord. It's the, one of the biggest parts of our faith is obedience even when we don't want to. To give God complete control over everything. Obedient when he asks us to do things that we don't want to do. So ask yourself this question. When was the last time that you did something that God asked you to do that you didn't want to do? And if you can answer that question and immediately think of something that was recent, that's a good indication that Jesus is your Lord. But if you're still thinking, that's a good indication that you need to surrender. Picking up our cross daily. Remembering that Jesus is Lord is a daily event. It is a daily reality of being a follower of Jesus. He is always Lord. He is always King. He doesn't change who he is whether we believe it or not or whether we choose it or not. That is who he is. He is not just Savior, but Savior and Lord. He is not just Savior, but Savior and King. Now ask yourself this hard question. Is Jesus Lord in your life? Or are you Lord of your life? Have you surrendered everything to Jesus and given him lordship in your life? Or are you holding on to something and still being Lord of your own life? Ask yourself, how many how many Bibles do I have in my house or books about the Lord or study guides? Well, how many mirrors and TVs do I have? Is Jesus the Lord of your life or are you the Lord of your life? Let's stand. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says that 2 Corinthians 5:10 says we for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad so whether good or bad whatever we do here on earth we will answer for when we come face to face with our maker And how we submit to his lordship now, 
that will determine how confidently we stand before him. Who is Jesus to you? The Bible declares he is Lord. The Bible declares he is Savior, Redeemer, Deliverer, Bread of Life, Teacher, Healer, Advocate, Intercessor, Mediator, Peace, my banner, Shield, Protector, Good Shepherd, Living Waters, Holy, our Rock, our True Vine, Eternal, our Powerful, All-Knowing, Nothing is Hidden, Present, Everywhere at All Times, Pure Love, Holy, Gracious, Merciful, Waymaker, Miracle, <sighs> Promise Keeper. That's just the tip. All that belongs to you when he is your Lord. He is the son of the living God. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you, Jesus. Your promises are yes and amen. Show us your glory, Lord. Show us your glory. Where you showed Moses as you, as you said, I will allow my goodness to pass before you. You are Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus, to identify any areas of our life that we haven't surrendered to you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to give all to your Lordship. You are Lord. We thank you for being our Savior. We thank you that you came and you were fully God and fully man when you walked among us. And when you died on the cross, you were still fully God and fully man. And when you rose from the dead, you were still fully God. And you are still fully God today. You are God. Jesus, you are the lover of our soul. You are the constant, the only constant love and forgiveness, full of mercy and full of grace. Help us, Lord. Remind us, Lord, when we are staying in a Savior zone and trying to stay in that safe place and not submit because that takes faith. Oh, that takes crazy faith sometimes, God, to be obedient in those hard areas. But your grace is enough. It is more than enough. And your ways are perfect, not ours. We thank you for your word. You have equipped us for every season and every situation you have equipped us. Like Lisa beautifully sang that song, even when we don't see it, you're there. Even when we don't feel it because we are not moved by our feelings, we know that you're there. Our hope is in you. Our trust is in you. Our faith is in you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. I pray that we all grow in the revelation of who Jesus is this year. I pray that we choose to grow and mature in all things. That's God's design. Amen. We love you. We will be here to pray for you. We believe in prayer. We believe in agreement in prayer. God hears and answers the prayers of the believers. 
That's a covenant that is a precious gift to those who have a covenant relationship with Jesus. So you don't have to walk out of here and leave it. You can come up to the altar and pray with one of our pastors and receive it. We love you. We bless you. Remember to live right, love everyone, and pray hard. Amen.